This is the Travel and Van Life podcast from Jits into the Sunset. We're Tanya and Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk all things travel, adventure, and road trips. Through our experience and with conversations with others who, like us, have chosen an alternative lifestyle. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jits Into the Sunset podcast. We're Tanya and Adam, YouTubers, filmmakers on the road, living in our camper van. Very rusty, almost falling apart camper van. Very rusty, almost falling, almost fell apart camper van. But that's another story. (laughs) This week we're joined by our friend Amy, who has travelled the UK, Ireland and Europe in a very tiny VWT4 with her husband Dan, her two daughters who are seven and ten and their family dog Luna. They are a big family in a tiny camper van who swapped the luxuries of all-inclusive holidays for the simplicities of van life. They decided to spend quality time as a family and are discovering how van life allows them to live more with less. In our conversation, Amy opened up about her mental health struggles and how their rolling home has become, as she puts it, therapy on wheels for the whole family. So wherever you're listening from, sit back, enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe because we are here every Sunday. And if you enjoy this podcast or find it useful or valuable, then please do leave a rating or a review. It would mean so much to us and it helps us out so much. And share with a friend because word of mouth is one of the best ways to discover a podcast. So here we are. We have found ourselves yet again in a pub car park. In the rain. In the rain, (laughs) in Jits. And today's a very special day because our good friend Amy has joined us. Hello, Amy. Hello. I can't stop smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it feels so surreal to see you opposite me and you're normally in my phone. But it's so lovely to be here and I'm really, really excited to be able to chat with you. It's really lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for making all the effort to come down here. You drove like almost three hours this morning to come to us. It was worth it. I'd do it all over again. Well, we really appreciate the effort and I just want to point out that we would... I've driven halfway and met halfway if we could, but Jits has failed her MOT, so we can only drive Jits if we're driving her to a garage to get the MOT repaired. So legally, we had to make you come to us. Yeah, and it's an absolute pleasure to be in Jits. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, you were, you were saying that Jits looks smaller in real life than on the telly. Yeah, outside she looks a lot smaller than she does in my phone. But inside, she's just it's just magic in here, isn't it? There's just everything that you could possibly need. You've just got... It's just a really good use of space. Oh, well, yeah. now a podcast studio as well. So we're, Absolutely. Yeah, we're so <laughs> excited to have you here, particularly because if we rewind to when we first, I guess, met, this is the first time we're physically yes. in each other's presence. And that's why it's so <laughs> exciting. Flesh. Yes. And that's why it's so exciting for both of us. But I was looking back at our Instagram DMs to try to figure out when was it that we first started chatting and it was January of 2020 and you had messaged us to say that you had just discovered us on YouTube and that you had binged um, our Ireland and I think we had just posted Scotland and we had a tiny channel at the time. It was like we we (laughs) had just started to grow. Like 300 followers, 300 subscribers on YouTube. Exactly and when you messaged with your words of kindness and appreciation and everything we just got talking um we just connected straight away and I loved the fact that also back then 
the idea of van life was something that you 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 wanted in the future but it was not yes a kind of like a reality for you i mean i just remember being in absolute awe of your videos and um, i don't watch and i have never really watched a lot of youtube um but when i came across your channel i was just absolutely gripped and you were you were my kind of inspiration if you like like i mean obviously our situations were different but i wanted what you had and i just absolutely loved it and the fact that you were exploring the uk as well it just felt so achievable yeah. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. That's so kind of you to say, and it's great. It's great to know from our point of view that there are people out there who can be, you know, we can help encourage and inspire people to go out there and just and, and do it. So, oh, absolutely. That's... And I think you have been doing that for years, and you know, keep going because you're just magic. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And it's so lovely to be here. And so, talk us through the key moments then that led you to just. Taking on, like, well, getting a van in the first place, how how did it come to be? Well, <laughs> that's a really good question and a really big, probably, answer because van life was never on the radar for us. Dan and I never had experience of a van in our childhood. It, we didn't know anyone that had a van. I feel like we kind of came to it before it was such a... I mean, now it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's such a, such a big thing for lots of different types of people. But we we came to it completely blind um and at a point in my life where i was struggling particularly with my mental health i had had there were lots of things that were going on in my life um different situations where i was feeling like i was being expected to be somebody mm-hmm. and i was having I found myself being that person that I didn't like and I didn't want to be. And I was really struggling with that in my mind of how I get out of these situations. And also in the kind of climax of that, um, my youngest or our youngest daughter was, it was just before she was going to start school full time. Mm. And that was a big period of change in my life where I hadn't got children at home anymore and I had given up my career or kind of kept my career ticking over. What was that? So I am or was, I don't know (laughs) what the correct term is, but um, I'm a primary school teacher. Mm -hmm. So I was an absolute workaholic. I loved my job. I absolutely thrived in the classroom. I still love it. Um, now and have lots of wonderful memories of that time um, but as soon as I had my first child Sienna our whole world changed literally overnight and I realized that I didn't want to be the person that I was and that I couldn't do both things well mm-hmm. I couldn't pour my heart and soul and everything that I was into my job and um, and be a great manager and a great teacher and be a great mum. I wanted to just focus at that time on on being a mum. Mm-hmm. 
And so I stripped my career right back and I was only working one day a week at that time. So really, essentially, for for six years in my life, I was a mum, a stay-at-home mum, if you like. And I absolutely loved that period of my life. I look, I mean, it was hard. (laughs) Anyone with young children will tell you how difficult it is. And sometimes the days feel really, really long. But the years are really short. Mm. And that time in my life when I had that wonderful time at home with my children was going and there was nothing that I could do about it. And I really struggled with who I was, who I was going to be, what my purpose Mm -hmm. in life was. If I'm not a a stay-at-home mum with my girls... Who am I, who am I going to be? Because I didn't want to be the person that I was six mm-hmm. years ago when I was teaching. But what were my other options? And so I really, really was struggling with all kinds of stories in my head that... Identity. Yeah, I just, I was absolutely really lost. It was a really kind of difficult time, <laughs> sorry, in my life. Um, and I just remember saying to Dan, let's buy a camper van. Literally from nowhere. Yeah, why? Why was a camper van an answer to that, do you think? In my life with the girls, we I've always been about experiences with them and I always feel that I've prioritised time to do and experience things with them. You know, we've always, from a really young age, the girls have gone to the theatre and seen ballet and river dance and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of these big experiences and we've done lots of wonderful holidays but the van was just this way to be completely like stripping us bare of everything else mm-hmm. and just really having that time with each other. And the way that I sold it to Dan was, can I have a camper van? <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> because he, like, it came from nowhere. We've got, we had no experience of vans. Nobody we knew had vans. When was it? What year was this? So this was, I think, 2019. Yeah, okay. So early, quite early 2019, because I'm sure Savannah started school later on that year. I'm really lucky that Dan is a yes man. (laughs) And also, he knew how hard I was struggling. I was already in therapy at that time. Um, I'd already decided that I needed some professional help to help me get out of my own head and to deal with the different scenarios that were going on in my life and and Savannah as well going to school and he just I think I just felt a sense of desperation because he could see I was struggling and at that point it was affecting my life that I didn't want to go out and be in these situations these social social situations I couldn't talk about Savannah going to school I couldn't like because the reality was just so emotional yeah, it was just too scary. I just didn't, just couldn't do it. So I feel that he kind of felt a sense of desperation that he was prepared to do anything that would make me feel better or potentially make me better. Yeah. Van life was born. He said yes. He took, and he took some persuading. You, uh, you've said before that he took a bit of persuading. Yeah. And, and he's the kind of person that could be in one place his whole life, you said. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, I mean... Van life was like never, 
it was never something that we discussed. You know, there were things like we always knew that we were going to have children because we always wanted to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, he always knew. Um, so we lived um, in Sheffield initially. Um, he is from Sheffield and I studied in Sheffield and taught in Sheffield for eight years, I think. Um, I've kind of lost track of that now. <laughs> but that's how we met. And he always knew that at some point when we were married that we would move um, further south where my family are from. And I always knew that we would have a dog because that's always something that he talked about. We never knew that van life was going to be a thing because we just it was just it was just totally out of the blue and we'd never really discussed it. We had travelled a lot as a family before um, and and prior to having the girls, Dan and I... I mean, I think we put having children off for quite a few years because we were like, oh, no, not this year. Not this year because we want to do these trips. We want Sounds to go familiar. these places. Yeah, that's <laughs> like Adam and I. <laughs> and then eventually you get to a point where you realise that you kind of, it's now or never and there isn't really a never yeah. a, a, a good time to have a family. Yeah. And that travel doesn't stop just because you have your children it just you just change and adapt and so traveling has always been part of us it's just now that it is just very different than the way that it started but that's not a bad thing it's all part of the journey I guess it's so funny you say your holidays change and adapt because you kind of alluded to earlier that you'd go on big holidays with with the kids and they all have always had these amazing adventures but the trips then were very different to van life type of trips weren't they and kind of like I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is when you're a family living in a very small van, by the way, it's a, what is it, a BWT5. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. a very small van. It'd be small even for just me and Tanya, even for just for a couple, it's small. Mm-hmm. But there's there's five of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, because obviously we've got Luna the dog <laughs> yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's a really, it is really a very tight space, but we make it work. So yeah, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say really. It's just like, why, when it, it's so much easier to go, okay, we're just going to go on an all-inclusive trip yeah, rather than bundle everyone into this tiny van and go away for a long period of time. Like the longest trip you've done today is a five months. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of gut to do that. Like even just as a couple to do something like that, that's big. But as a couple with two kids and a dog and in a very <laughs> small van, it takes... It's brave of you. I'm, I'm, it just blows my mind that you did it. And, and I know a lot of people listening will be like, well, how, basically? And kind of why, although you've explained the why a yeah. bit. But I think in a, in a previous, I say, I feel like my life has kind of evolved in different chapters. And um, I, maybe you feel like that. I don't know. But there was a point in a chapter in my life where um, we would spend an awful lot of money on holidays. And you know, I felt like, in a way, the holiday, the more money you spent, the better the holiday, that the, then the better the experience that you were going to give your children. So for, for lot, well, for not lots of years, because they're only 10 and 7 now, but, you know, for many years, we were spending excessive amounts of money on, on holidays. And, you know, we would have two or three big holidays a year. And I think part of that contributed to my struggles, my mental health, because 
Dan was having to work harder <laughs> to to pay for that, which meant that we were having less time together as a family, which meant that I was having to do more um, on my own and trying to juggle everything. And it was just, I realised, I got to a point where I realised that all of the stuff and all of the money just didn't matter. Mm. And that through therapy and through, I guess, van life as well, you know, that's been a really kind of big part of my therapy journey because I've realised that I don't need that stuff. Mm. And not just I don't need that stuff, but we as a family don't need those things. And I think part of the magic for me now living van life you know, whether it be going away for a weekend or whether it going away for two weeks or for five months or how, whatever that looks like, it's showing the girls that we really need so little to be happy mm-hmm. and that actually as long as we're together and the time that we have together is so much more valuable than anything that we could buy. And that is just, just simplifying our lives has just been really liberating and I just hope that the girls grow with that idea in you know as they grow into young adults and to into their adult life as well. I think one of the things I love is the fact that they are at an age you know seven and ten where they will absolutely remember these experiences and maybe not in their entirety in detail. I mean, yeah. we, we surely forget <laughs> what we did last week yeah. as well, you of course. back on your phone at yeah. the, what photos you took. <laughs> exactly. But we, we talked about this earlier before we hit record. We talked about the fact that they it's, it's shaping them as, yeah. as, as individuals. You know, you talked about the fact that you didn't grow up with this idea of, you know, camping or car- caravanning or, you know, camper vanning or anything like that. I didn't grow up hiking or being out in nature or anything like that. And you discover that in, in, in different chapters of your life. Aren't they so fortunate that they're getting to spend quality time together as a family um, with, you know, out in nature, going on walks, swimming in lakes, doing all of these amazing things. Seeing all of the nature and nurturing all of the bugs. Absolutely. I mean, the girls were, so they were just five and three when we bought the van. Oh, no, they must have just been turning six and four. That must have been. Um, and then Savannah was obviously going to start school the next year. Um, so they've kind of grown up with the van now. And I just, they they don't remember all the trips. They don't remember all of the details. I mean, like you said, you know, we don't, Dan's terrible at remembering because I do all of the kind of the navigating. He's the driver and I go, right, we're going to go here. And I remember all the places and he just follows the sat now, really, you know, and he will admit to that. But so they don't remember all of the details, but the really like the magic is then then they say when we visit somewhere and they go, we've been here before. Because we remember that tree or we remember that sandpit or the, that swing or and, you know, and it might have been two years ago, but they still feel that like emotional attachment to, to somewhere that they've played and somewhere that they've been. 
And that just makes my heart smile because I just think, yeah, you do remember it. You might not remember when it was or any of the details, but when we revisit and we go back, they know that they've been there. And that is that is really, really special. I also think it, it must be shaping them in some ways because nobody remembers the entirety of their childhood. But that is also the childhood is where a great deal of who you are is, is formed yeah. so they're living this lifestyle and they're being out there and exploring and you know we spoke earlier as well about how they play with children who don't speak any English mm-hmm. and they can't communicate in that way like all these experiences that a lot of children don't get to have they are having and it's going to play a huge part in them growing up yeah. even if they don't remember all the details yeah, as I part think, of them I think it's the teacher in me I when I became a parent um you always want to give the children in your class the best experience, the best education. You always want the best for them. But when I became a parent, it was just tenfold, like absolutely magnitude, uh, magnified. And you just wanted it to be like I wanted to give them the best. I wanted them to, you know, experience amazing things and for it to shape the, the people that they were. But I feel like where I went wrong maybe, I don't know whether it was wrong, but it was just part of the journey, I guess, that I saw value in things that cost a lot of money. So I mentioned about going to the theatre and taking them to the ballet. And, you know, while all of these experiences are really, they are... Enriching. Absolutely. And they are worthy. They are so expensive as well. And, you know, we would spend... um, lots of money on holidays multiple times a year like we would go to Lapland one year and don't get me wrong it was the best experience like and even now Dan and I still say it was worth the money but it was hellishly expensive for three nights Mm. you know we're talking like you know several years ago this was seven thousand pounds it would be way more than that now you know and in the same year we'd have a two-week all-inclusive holiday where to a four-star, maybe even a five-star hotel because that's who I was. Like, that's what I I felt like I needed to do in order to have a good time. We needed to be at a good hotel. And like, think now what you could do, how much you could do in van life with that amount oh of gosh, money. absolutely. So once I'd kind of, like, I was obviously giving, you know, wanting the best for the girls and giving them all of these wonderful experiences. But once through... <laughs> therapy through van life and through the realization I guess that we need so little Mm. like and stripped it all back that actually that the best experiences or the experiences that are shaping my children and are ones that are free and that haven't cost me loads and loads of money and actually I'm just giving them my time and a space outdoors in a different environment every day, (laughs) which is essentially all it is. And they are wonderful human beings already. And I'm so proud of like who they are and their interest in the world and the way that they make connections. Savannah, so she's seven and she said, um, so we've just been on a, a, in Europe on a seven week um, road trip. And she said, so mummy, um, so they speak German in Germany, but they also speak German in Austria. <laughs> and you could just see like this light bulb, like, ah, oh, okay. You know, this these moments of just like 
it's just just them growing and learning about the world and through the experience absolutely through the experience that okay yes it did cost us to go over on our seven week <laughs> european road trip but significantly less than we would pay on an all-inclusive holiday the van has just been therapy for me but it continues to be therapy and I honestly think, I hope, maybe the girls will end up with therapy. You know, it's not a bad thing if, if they if they have, you know, that at some point in their lives. But I hope that van life will be the therapy that they need, you know, that they've not got. They're not in a world with loads of stuff where people are expecting certain things from them. They are just in a world outside, in nature, just consuming whatever is around them with no expectations because the way that we travel now is it's not always been the way but the way that we travel is you know we move on every day or every couple of days they've got a new environment and you know they'll say to me mummy where are we going today and I'll be like I don't know where do you want to go (laughs) and you know so they'll be part of that conversation they'll be part of the planning you know the weather is not so good so where do you want you know these are our options and they'll help us kind of plan that and you know guide our route and we just they go with no expectations of because they don't know where they're going to be and they always find something fun they always you know learn something new they always are just willing to just get out there and make new friends and you know find new bugs to play with look at new wildlife make new games and yeah, it's just a really wonderful childhood. And I just feel so grateful every day that... You made that, those sacrifices and decisions to... Absolutely, yeah. I kind of feel that it was meant to be, <laughs> you know, and I needed to come through all of that stuff, quite literally, in order for me to, you know, give them a simple childhood out exploring the outdoors and you know my little girl Savannah she's very little she's quite petite for her age and and sometimes at school people say oh you're a baby or you can't be in year three which she is now you know you're too small and she's she's I might be small but I can climb mountains oh. and honestly like you know the fact that she can do that uh, and realize that yeah okay she's not the tallest in her class but actually she's got wonderful other skills it's just it's just really that's amazing oh i love that (laughs) i I love the i love the term that i think you've coined i haven't heard anywhere else it's therapy on wheels (laughs) i love that i love that i know you've obviously been speaking a lot about how van life has been therapy for you and i I just think that's great um we've got a really interesting question here because obviously traveling with kids is Mm -hmm. amazing but it also must be very hard work and erica from our community has asked a very good question, uh, which I think everyone will be thinking, is how do you get private time away from the kids? Is that something that you've, <laughs> you've needed? Because I can imagine that it's as though, obviously it's incredible and the whole point of it is to spend time yeah. together as a family. Do you sometimes find that you need time apart? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's really <laughs> funny that, <laughs> that Erica should ask that question because we get asked that <laughs> a lot, particularly when we are in our van for considerable periods of time. You know, like you go away for a weekend or a week and nobody thinks anything of it. But when you're in the van for a long time, they're like, well, how does this like work? Five months. Yeah. I can imagine getting very intense. <laughs> yeah, but I think Dan and I are both on the same page. And like you said, Adam, it is very much... We are there together as a family 
to have that quality time together and to make those wonderful special memories. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the girls go to bed. <laughs> uh. And, you know, we have to. I think van life, everything about van life is kind of quite relaxed and you can you know it doesn't really matter what time you get up and what time you go to bed but you know we have to have a little bit of a routine even if it's a loose routine so and also for my dad's own sanity (laughs) and for our mental health and for our relationship as well we need to have time when uh, the girls are not there yeah yeah (laughs) and so we we do make a point of saying to them it is bedtime and if they get any put we get any pushback from that it is we have we have to say it is I have to say it's mine and your dad's time now we need some time together to you know just relax or plan the next day or yeah so we do consciously purposely make sure that we've got that time um I think that we don't Everybody does van life at their own pace. And I think that is the beauty of it, isn't it? And you mm-hmm. kind of respond to your you as individuals or you as a family. Um, but we go at a pace that suits us, that allows us to have that downtime um, with each other. I think also when we go to campsites and things, uh, that the girls often meet friends and they just go and play. Mm. And that's a really lovely time. Like if that happens, that's just wonderful because Dan and I get to sit. We might get a drink in the daytime. <laughs> you know, we'll get to maybe just scroll on our phones for a bit and, ha- you know, have a conversation. And I think we do make a point um, even in the evenings of like we'll play cards. I mean, we don't we play the kids games. <laughs> we play Uno Flip or Uno or any of the variations that the girls love. And but we just it's just lovely. It's just yeah. nice to just kind of kick back and just kind of spend that that time together in the evenings or in the day if we can grab it so yeah it's just about finding the time and prioritizing it we just want to quickly interrupt to say that if you're enjoying this podcast or find it valuable then you can support it by joining our patreon community which is linked in the show notes as well as supporting the podcast you'll be given access to exclusive content such as behind the scenes our latest updates and deleted scenes we don't get paid to do this podcast so every little helps and we appreciate every patreon so so much I love all that level of detail that you've just shared because I think that getting into like the logistics of how you're actually managing to make this work either you know on shorter or longer trips as a family is so insightful and actually we've got a great question here from at vegan storyteller and she asks for me my t4 is the perfect size but how do you manage with four people and a dog in a t5 that's a really good question and one that we are asked all of the time because people just can't fathom that (laughs) there would be so many beings in such a a small space and not only I mean it's our vehicle but it's also our home um so yeah I think we just make it work you know we Yes, we could. And we are in the process of converting a bigger van for, for different reasons. But we just 
have worked with what we have and we just make it work I always I kind of feel like where there's a will there's a way Mm -hmm. and just because you don't see it happening it doesn't mean that it can't happen and so just because you don't see families or you do more now but because you didn't see families like, you know, actively going around and camping in, in smaller vans, you kind of imagine that they'd be in a bigger motome. I kind of feel like just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen or that it can't happen. And so I kind of want to fight back against that. And so, yeah, it can happen. And we do do it. We travel really simply. We don't need, as I've said, we don't need a lot of stuff in order to live and to be happy. We just really slimline everything. Um, and a lot of our time, is actually spent outdoors our van is our little home on wheels but it really just contains everything that we need to kind of live and survive our clothes our food our cooking etc but we really spend most of our time outside and that's one of the things that I love most about van life we know we really are outside for such a huge proportion of our of our day and like going back to the question about prioritizing time for Dan and I we will spend time outside in the evening whether it be having a drink having a chatter playing cards but stargazing you know and Mm. really making the most of all of the the day and the world around us so yeah we just kind of make it make it work really. I love that also because I think one of the the key takeaways from this is that you don't have to wait until you've got the, the the savings in the bank for that big, you know, sprinter and doing that conversion and all of that. And I think so often people will put things off until everything is all like perfect, right? Until you have the ideal scenario. And of course, you could argue that a family, their ideal scenario would have to be to have a bigger van you know and to have more space to fit more things and have the toys and all of that maybe yeah <laughs> but you don't need it exactly <laughs> exactly and I think that that's why it's incredibly insightful and I know that there will be some of you listening now who will be wondering okay but can you give us some some tips or hacks like how how do you manage the expectations especially with two young girls to say right we are all making sacrifices here choose wisely what how how do you downsize how do you how do you choose what you're going to bring and how do you save space in the van because i know that on your instagram and to your community you talk a lot about packing cubes for example you've got lots of tips and tricks yeah we absolutely love packing cubes um just we just take a packing cube each of clothes and anything else that doesn't fit we you're not having we're not taking (laughs) with us so i think the the perception is that children need things they need toys as a stimulus as something to entertain them and yeah maybe at the beginning you would bring and certainly we would bring a few toys they would bring a couple of things that they would want to take with them that they kind of thought well I can't go away for the weekend without taking my lego or you know whatever and then actually they realized that they didn't they didn't play with the Lego. We took the Lego. They didn't play with it. <laughs> they didn't really need it. They just felt like that they needed it. And again, that's, I think as adults, we do that as well, don't we? We can't bear to leave those comforts, those luxuries that we have at home. But actually, when you have, 
been in the van life game, if you like, for so long, you realise that actually you don't you don't use those things. You don't need them. So you're kind of streamlining all of the time. And depending on the types of trips that we're doing, it depends on the types of things that we take. So it is just really, really minimal. And the girls now, they don't take any toys, nothing. Wow. They don't need it. Mm-hmm. And they will say that as well. Like they always find things to play with. Um, you know, sticks. I mean, they do have things like we will have a bucket and a spade and there might be a ball or something like that. But we really like they can cope without them. You know, we can often find something on the beach that would allow them to dig without needing to have a bucket and a spade, etc. So, yeah, they they realise and they're they don't expect now to bring anything because they know that they don't need anything. And I always kind of think like, you know, there's lots of families that ask us like, you know, what happens if you forget? How do you remember everything? And really, like, it doesn't really matter if you forget something or if we do come away without something that we'd need for the girls. Worst case scenario, we can usually pick it up. We can usually find a shop that would sell it or, you know, um, somewhere along the way on our travels. So I kind of don't worry about that element anymore. Like, we just... They just don't need as much and they realise that. And we also don't have as much at home now. We've kind of like streamlined everything that we have at home because they know that they don't need as much. So I will say, do you really need it? Or do you, you know, do you want it? Do you need it? And often they'll be like, no, you know, so we just don't buy it. So I think that's such a good lesson for kids to have at that age to realise that they don't need loads of things because I reckon that is going to be something that they'll take with them and carry into their adult life and <laughs> they just won't be spending money unnecessarily, won't fill their space with unnecessary things. Yeah. I think I think it's great. And also going back to how you were saying about packing and not worrying about forgetting something, I think that's really good because there can be this fear, and I have it, of like wanting to be over-prepared and make sure yeah. you've got everything you could possibly need. Yeah. And then that's how we, you end up filling your space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be things that you, <laughs> that you forget. I mean, I can remember um, one of our trips, we turned up um, without pillows. And <laughs> um, that was an interesting uh, week, in fact. We were in Wales and, you know, we went to the supermarket and we bought some more new pillows. And we then had a van set <laughs> so instead of having to remember them from home we now have a van set of pillows that stay in the van all the time um, there was one time um, <laughs> we were only going down the road but uh, we'd had um, a fire the girls had had marshmallows Dan and I had had a drink and when we came to get into bed I realised that I'd forgotten our sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> so um, we just slept under our coats yeah. and you know it worked. Do you feel like you're naturally, you sound like you're really easygoing in, in a lot of ways. Do you think you would naturally have always been easygoing or have you trained yourself to be easygoing? <laughs> I really want to laugh at that question, Adam, <laughs> because um, if you knew me a few years ago, I, I don't know. I, I was so highly strong, really. Everything had to be perfect that I had to have all of the things I had to know it all everything had to be planned out 
But van life has made me chill. Mm. <laughs> At the beginning, I would plan intricately our weekends, our holidays, and I would get great pleasure out of doing that. I would absolutely love thinking about all of the things um, that I was going to do with the girls and all the places we were going to do. I was kind of controlling that. Mm. And, and that was my therapy. You know, mm. that was the thing that I could, could control in my life, this positive thing. Mm. And I, I got great pleasure out of doing that. But over time, I've got more confident in myself and our abilities to van. Um, And, you know, we're kind of braver every time. We're learning new things, even now, all the time. And we're kind of pushing ourselves and getting braver and braver. Um, So now I don't do any planning. And now I probably am like... Some people would say I was quite chilled, but (laughs) I wasn't like that. And it's van life that has taught me not everything needs to be intricately planned I don't need to have be packed for all eventualities you know we will still be okay (laughs) and just to go back to you know what you had said earlier in the conversation where it's like when you were planning these holidays that were costing you a lot of money for three days or two weeks of all-inclusive resort sort of holidays it wasn't like you were living this five-star lifestyle when you went back home. It was that you know it was putting pressure on on you as a family to provide to be able to do those things. And so now with van life and this way of travel, it means that you're just focusing on the things that are really and truly important, like spending time together. Absolutely. And. I, I really, I really, really appreciate and I and I resonate a lot with what you were saying earlier about thinking that if you spend more money on something and then the experience must be elevated. Yes. And I I definitely found myself and I think it was this is part of growing up as well, but I found myself years ago in my mid twenties when I had moved to New York and I, you know, I got a good job and it was the first time I was getting paid good money and I was like wow I made it (laughs) I because I didn't come from money when I had it I felt like I needed to spend it on material things and it was shopping for shopping on the high street for clothes and shoes and shoes in different colors if I like the same type so polar different yeah. than the the life that I have now, and I now see that my spending habits then were me filling a void, yeah. and it was me trying to figure myself out and my identity and how I could also show to the the external like world yeah. that look. I may be working these crazy hours, but look at look at what I'm wearing, or yeah. look at how I'm present. I have this. Yeah, yeah. what I'm pre- how I'm presenting myself, and then now cut to the future or present day, I should say. And you know, you you just mentioned each every uh, each one of you gets a packing cube. Well, we joked earlier about the fact that yeah, we just wear the same clothes over <laughs> and over again until you're scraping the mud off. A- anybody now listening could could be like that that couldn't be me you know or you know uh, I think we've joked uh, in the past Adam and I in previous episodes of how we've become more resilient to showering less yes you know yeah you look back on your on your previous self and you think that that version of me could have never foreseen that I would have been able to hack it yeah and actually doing it now it's like those sacrifices I guess 
they just pale in comparison to all of the great things that come with having the freedom to to travel and experience the the world in this way and you know you you talked about being a lot more um just like chill and easygoing now than you were before i know that in one of your um uh instagram posts you had you had talked about having an a, like a brilliant day out and then you came back to the van and you just slept at a car park because you were fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't need to like plan or whatever. It just made sense, yeah. and everyone was happy. You had a great day, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. And going with the flow, how liberating that can be. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as a family, you know, if you're thinking about going into van life, some of you, some people are like, but how do you cope without this or that, or you know, how do you cope without a shower every day or a to- flushing toilet, and you know, which is why. I guess some people think that maybe a motorhome or certainly a bigger vehicle is the way to go. But we do have those things in our van. Like we have a little shower that we can use if we want to. And we probably don't very often because, again, you kind of these the luxuries that you think that you need and that you think that you want at the beginning of your journey you actually realize don't really matter um so we have a toilet you know and and had you had we have gone back so many years and and you'd have said oh my goodness you're going to be going to the toilet in in a car park you know with other cars around you I'd have, I'd have laughed in your face and said no that is not me i only go in five star hotels you know but like now it's just it 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 doesn't matter it's all it, it really is about just stripping it down and just being together as a family and exploring and adventuring and learning and growing without all of the stuff you've got what you need to cover the basics and anything else is just a bonus it's funny isn't it because it kind of in a way takes makes you take yourself a bit less seriously yeah. and also makes you appreciate like having a toilet and a yes. shower when you are somewhere that, that has that. Yeah. And I mean, it's not to mean, you know, all of this doesn't mean that we don't enjoy having plumbing. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, yeah absolutely. Or, or nice clothes and nice things yeah. like we do. But I think van life for us anyway has definitely changed our relationship towards belongings, towards money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we certainly earn less money now, but we don't need as much money um, because the types of travel and the holidays and experiences that we have don't cost as much as they did before. So while people on the outside may look and go, my goodness, they're away for such a huge proportion of the year. I mean, I think maybe this year, We'll have done 13 weeks um, already and that doesn't include weekends, you know, that's like and we usually are away every other weekend. So we're away so much more than we were before. But yeah, it's costing us significantly less. Yeah, well, they say that being wealthy isn't about how much you earn, it's about how much you spend. Yeah. And if you can have all this free time and do all these incredible things and have these amazing experiences while still staying within how much you earn, then you're wealthier than a lot of people who are earning hundreds of thousands a year and spending all that money just to keep their really big expensive house and car. Yeah, I mean, we have definitely made sacrifices. So I 
changed. I know I'm no longer in the classroom, so I've no longer got a kind of salary. I now work online. Dan takes considerable <laughs> periods of time away from the business in which he earns significantly less you know I mean we do still have an income coming in when we're traveling but um, from his business but significantly less before we continue with the conversation we want to give a huge shout out to this week's review of the week which is from Nebo who left this on Apple Podcasts Nebo wrote I've been a longtime subscriber to these guys' YouTube channel and love the quality and style of their films. So pleased that they've transferred those qualities to the podcast form. The Challenge Sophie episode was one of the best pods I've ever listened to, and I've listened to plenty. Such an open, honest, and motivational chat with an interviewing style that allows room for an answer. Too many ask a question, but then shut down the answer in order to make their own point. My only question is why Adam is dressed as Captain Kirk on the cover photo. <laughs> so funny, I'm not even a Star Trek fan. I mean, I think I would be if I watched it, but I don't watch it. Maybe I need to watch it. From Captain Kirk. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nebo. And we will be sending you a JIT sticker. Just get in touch with us on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely beautiful review. And we appreciate them all. And we read them all. It's just amazing to hear. So I know there's going to be some people wondering, uh, logistically, how are the girls able to travel for those longer stints of time, that five-month trip and also the seven-week trip that you just did in Europe? So when we were travelling full-time, I had to deregister the children from school, which was quite a big decision um, at the time because school places, you know, Savannah's class was at capacity, Savannah's year group was at capacity. So I knew that if I took her out, the likelihood was that she wouldn't get her place back. Um, but we want to change. And if you don't change, then nothing changes. And so I decided that we'd just roll with it. And I was prepared to take that risk. The girls were on board and you know, from as they've talked from <laughs> from virtually the same time that they walked, um, very chatty girls. But uh, I don't know where they get it from. But um, they're involved in all of our conversations and discussions. So they were they were on board um, and they knew what was going on. So they knew that when they were I removed them from school, they might not go back to their peers and their friends and and the same school. But it was a risk that we took. Um, obviously, being a teacher, I that didn't phase me at all um however the reality is slightly different because in reality when you're on the road um moving on every few days and down's running his business remotely i've got some work online and then you're you're home educating and trying to give these you and the girls this amazing experience mm -hmm. it it's, can be quite challenging mm -hmm. and was at various times but um we really focused, we really streamlined it and we learned about where we were um, and we used, whether it be um, history, whether it be geography, we would have lots of conversations and um, we we still do really when we're travelling, like take them to places that are going to enhance them, their knowledge, not just, you know, from a, because from a school point of view, but just because it makes 
them a better person, doesn't it? You know, we're learning all the time. So, um, so yeah, basically I took them out of school and I homeschooled them on the road and we focused on maths um, a little bit, but basically I would just do... 10, 20 minutes maximum a day with them. And the reason that I decided to carry on with the maths, um, because I knew that at some point they were going to go back into mainstream school. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't want them to fall. I hate it. I hate it when they say fall behind because aren't you worried that the girls are going to fall behind? Because fall behind with what? Like the system, like what the expectation is and, and that... And the expectation that somebody else is putting on you that they've got to be able to do this. And so I really disliked that. But I understood um, from both a parental and a teacher's perspective that it was important for the children to carry on with their maths and the, the, the strategies, the methods, particularly for calculation that was taught within school. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of focused on that. Um, and the girls read widely and um, they read a lot about where we were. We'd pick up books, we'd, you know, visit local libraries in places, you know, wherever we were um, and anything else I didn't worry about. So then when we got back to then when they came back into school and luckily Savannah did get her place back in school, although I had to kind of fight for it um, a little bit. Um, you know, I think the teacher initially, they, you know, they said, oh, they're behind. And I just was like, behind what? You know, because what you're measuring them against, they might be behind, but they are so far in front and have had experiences that most of their peers could only have dreamt of. Um, and so I really wasn't worried. And, um, and I knew that they would catch up with the system and of course they have and they've absolutely excelled and that their their what they learn on the road has enhanced them as people but it's also enhanced them as children at school because they share the information and it, it's used to spark stories and and it is just absolutely wonderful so I if and when we take the children out of school again, then I would never worry about that um, because I know that they would catch up with the system and they would just learn. They're just, they learn so much. They're just like a sponge. Um, but in terms of travelling um other than full-time, we just maximise the holidays. So all of the terms, like literally the first thing, like when I got back from Europe um, last week was right, okay, where are the terms? How long have we got? What, where can I maybe steal a few days? And I kind of play the system a little bit um, and just rebel (laughs) a little bit without kind of, you know, obviously I don't want to be it to be detrimental to the children's education. So it's finding that kind of balance. And so basically I took the children out um, for a week at the end of the summer term um, and that then enabled us to have seven weeks as opposed to the six that most other children got. I think because we spoke about it earlier, didn't we, about how much of a great education is for the kids being in the van. And I think that's it's less tangible. You can't you can't grade them on that. Yeah. But I think what, like you said, what they'd be learning, most of their peers wouldn't be, and yeah. and the school stuff can come. They can catch yeah. up. But I think also you have a, a massive advantage of being a teacher, yeah. so being able to help them keep on top of the maths, like you yeah. said. Whereas like me personally, I'd be, 
I'd be terrified the idea of homeschooling, I think. Because I'd be like, God, I don't know primary school level maths. I think I'd like it, actually. Would you? I I could imagine you doing it, Tanya. Yeah, I think you'd be absolutely fine. And I also think I've got the experience of hindsight knowing that the girls have gone back into school and are, you know, absolutely where they should be and beyond in some of the areas that are measured and obviously you know it's annoying for the school that they can't measure (laughs) you know the kinds of experiences that they have but I do know from conversations that I've had with teachers their teachers um, along the way of how much of an impact that it has had on their education and their imagination and just for me that's that's worth more than what the system is measuring yeah do do you think there's going to be a a time like an age limit where you're going to want to be like okay maybe we need to take you being in school more seriously or also maybe when there's going to be an age that they get to where they're not as keen to come away and do van life they're going to want to be hanging around with their friends and yeah no it's a really good question adam because um that is kind of the predicament that we're in at the moment we're kind of So Sienna's just gone into year five. She has just turned 10, but she's the eldest in her year. She's a September baby. Um, Savannah has just gone into year three. She is going to be eight in a couple of weeks. Um, So they're both the eldest in their years. Um, And yeah, I feel like primary is the right time for them to come out from a social and kind of an academic perspective point of view because I, I, I obviously it's totally possible and this is just kind of what how I feel for my children but um, yeah I feel like there is a limit on that and they they already are their friends are so much more important to them as they've got older mm. so we are having lots of discussions about it at the moment are you ready to travel full time again yet yeah <laughs> We have a question here from Sim Van Family. They ask, <laughs> I know them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly. And they ask, how awesome is it making friends on the road from the Van Fam tribe? Oh, <laughs> I know Al and Jess. In fact, we met just on the back end of our European trip. And it is awesome. It definitely is. I think, I mean, obviously... It's wonderful meeting other families um, on the road from the community, the Van Fam tribe community. But it's also wonderful just meeting other people and other vanners and just taking the time to listen to their experiences and what they've learned and the places that have been. And really, we always make a point of making time to listen to the people that we meet on the road and it is just the girls are often playing with you know the children and whatever but dan and i get the opportunity to chat and it is just so so lovely that we just get that time just to chat and to learn and they always enhance our trips so so much um so the van fam tribe community kind of came about because i couldn't I didn't when we came online there was these extremes of like van life of couples living full time in these pristine white conversions that just weren't us and then there was this other end where you'd got uh, vans that were kind of like show vans you know that they'd buff them up and they were all really lowered with big wheels and you know the types of vans that you know the VWs and again that wasn't us and so I knew there were other families out there that were um, experiencing van life because I'd seen them on campsites, but there was no kind of, they weren't, you know, they weren't a source of inspiration or a community or a place where you can 
kind of go to and ask for recommendations online. So I kind of created this hashtag, uh, the Van Fam Tribe, um, is a place to kind of connect all of these families, whatever family, whatever your family looks like. You know, there's no no rules. And um, so, yeah, that we can kind of have this central place online where we can share tips and inspiration. And uh, it's just become such a wonderful community. And we've got a meet up um, this weekend. Um, there's about 120 families all kind oh, of coming. Oh, my God, that is huge. <laughs> that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And what a logistical nightmare. Yeah, it is, it is <laughs> Um, definitely very challenging yeah it is something that I started with that I thought would be <laughs> always these ideas are a lot simpler in your head aren't they <laughs> and then the reality of liaising with so many people but I've been really lucky uh, to work alongside a campsite in Mid Wales at Forest Fields and um, they kind of deal with all the kind of the bookings and all of that kind of system and I kind of just get everybody there so um, yeah it's I'm really looking forward to that that's going to be so much fun so <laughs> So this podcast is going to be coming out on the same weekend. Oh yeah, it's going to be coming out this weekend. It's going to be coming out on the same day that you're having your. So you're just going to have to do Tell audio oh, yes. screening. Play it. Tell everyone yeah. to play it on each of their devices. Yeah, get the get the get the listens up. Get the listens up. <laughs> get yeah. them to subscribe to the podcast. I will. I'll definitely give you a shout out. Brilliant. That is absolutely incredible because when I think of you, and I think back of what's happened in the last two and a half years that we've been friends and that we've been we've been talking online I have seen your community grow from strength to strength because at the beginning when we first started chatting it was you just you know sharing like your experiences here and there and and it slowly just well not actually not quite slowly it snowballed because you started bringing on more and more families and you you've done that by going out of your way and spending so much time and giving so much up of yourself and your energy to create content so be it blogs um instagram posts real stories that share tips tricks hacks um on how how to do things basically sharing what you've learned along the way including campsite recommendations very honest reviews um i know that you've got your google maps for example tell us about those well i really just want to be when we came to van life it wasn't the information there was no there wasn't anywhere to kind of access information from and in the same way as there is now and I really just want to be this source of information and a resource if you like to help families make the changes that they want to in their life or encourage them to spend more time together outdoors vanning and so I really just kind of have created resources that I wish that I had had (laughs) and that I would find really useful as well. So the Google Maps kind of came about because everybody wants to know where you've been and all the places that you've been. And there was no way that I could disseminate that kind of information in succinct DM, say, for example. Like, nor would it be... 
it just it would just take so much time and there would be bits missed so i kind of started creating these google maps that would be all of our recommendations like everything and everything's kind of all kind of color coded <laughs> campsites overnight parking spots and um, chemical disposal points for example like in in areas of the uk places that you must visit so i just kind of pinned those on maps individual maps and then people purchase those through my website um, and it just means that basically I've done the research and I've been there so I've done the research for them and they can kind of pick it up and use it as a scaffold for their own trips or you know even if they want to try and be a little bit more spontaneous and kind of a little bit more free with their their van life and just to kind of know that they've got like Amy's recommendations seal of <laughs> you know, approval back up you know like just in case so um so yeah that's where the google maps kind of came from and they've been like massively successful and even if i get are you going to do a Google map of this one? And I'm like, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> you know, but obviously it takes time and um, it's not just like a pin in most incidents that it's like photos of a place or of a park up or a campsite. Mm -hmm. And then some tips like, you know, don't arrive between, you know, for example, in Germany, they had like their kind of, you know, close off when they were completely shut down 12 and three, you know, don't arrive between then because you'll never get pitched up. And, you know, just some kind of tips that we kind of learned along the way. Um, so, yeah, that's all kind of there for them. And what is your website for anyone listening who doesn't know it and would be interested in one of these Google Maps? Uh, so you can find me on uh, www.vanlifefamily.uk. Great. And that's also your Instagram handle, is it? Yeah, Van so vanlifefamily, Van if you type in that, you will find us. And go. when they're interested in these Google Maps, because I know some of them are um, are free that you yep, put in, yep. and then the other ones they're paid for, they're yep. in and around the £5 yep. pound mark. Yeah, they're not. they're not out of the way expensive you know yeah. they're very so cheap much value. Really. yeah there's yeah. lots of um you know lots of information in there for hopefully not very much money but there's lots of also community maps so i create um lists of campsites or they're all pinned on a google map of places that the community the van fam tribe community all the campsites that they've been in the uk and i collate those on a map and they're all pinned so for example if you knew that you were going to the peak district you could look on the map and go oh what are the campsites in that area yeah. that the van fam tribe community have recommended i've also Amazing. got one of campsites that are open all year because it's really important to me that the van life isn't seasonal. Like it doesn't need to have a cap on it if you don't want it to. You can van life all year. Yes, there aren't so many campsites open, but there are still a lot. Um, and so it was important to me that I shared that information. I know that that is um, always really useful. And lots of people that are new to van life don't realise that campsites close or that there is, you know, that there are only some that are open. So, or they think that they've got to stop at the summer and no, you don't have to, you can keep going. Yeah. Or you can just overnight park or wild camp or, you know, there's, there's always options. Let's talk about the journals because they are selling like hotcakes. Tell us about those. <laughs> Well, that came from our experience traveling full time because mo the girls would journal every day. That was kind of part of their um, home education, if you like, mm -hmm. life Homework. on the road. Yeah, <laughs> They would document our day. Not every day, but most days they would um, journal. And we have always journaled um, as a family. And so it kind of brings together all of the best parts of the journals and everything that I've learned from 
there's subtle learning opportunities in there as well like I've got the thermometer in there you know thinking about the temperature of the day so that they can compare and um, and things that they've learned they can identify things that they've learned in the day so there's kind of subtle kind of you know from the teaching educational perspective there's kind of subtle learning opportunities but also it's really just a place for their special memories and for them to document um, their adventures and their travels in their own words or you know whether it be supported by um you know one of their parents or an adult that they're with so yeah they are something that I've worked really hard on and they are just so precious like they start as a blank canvas and then with each uh, entry they just get more and more special because you've got more and more of your precious memories in there and I always kind of think and I'm sure I feel like anybody that comes away from a holiday would be like um it's over it's it's gone like it's finished like what have you got like left after you've had that time and you've got all of these wonderful memories but as we've already talked about sometimes they go wayward and you can't kind of remember all of the details so I it was really important for me for the girls to document their memories and their adventures um and so I then created something that I opened out to the community and yeah it's so wonderful seeing other families children like write in their journals honestly it makes my heart <laughs> really pound um I just think it's just so wonderful to know that I've designed I've created that and their wonderful memories are going to go in there forever and it's going to be something that they're going to look back on in a year in five years in 10 years maybe even show their own children you know that's yeah so you can find those on the website too are they they just for children or do adults because I want one now (laughs) well so it was really important to me that they were designed for all age children so Mm. they're kind of quite a big size so that they can um any age children can write because we all know that young children they have big writing and I wanted I was fed up of my own children having to cram theirs into tiny little lines or or little tiny books or anything so they're a big size however I do have a mini version (laughs) for adults which is more of a log so it it kind of um you can include your mileage you know those kind of like important details (laughs) the adult version with the mileage (laughs) (laughs) the price and you know when you look back you've got (laughs) The boring stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally the boring stuff. But I kind of think that, you know, you look back, you've got all your memories and the boring stuff, but hopefully (laughs) with the idea that it will make you like a more... A better traveller because you will kind of reflect on your, you know, kind of your weekend or your trip or whatever it would be. And then you can just use that information to kind of move your journey forward. So would you speak briefly about your future plans not so much in the far future because i know you, you you know that's not so certain but what's coming up next in the next i guess year or so or your next trip planned well that is a very good question adam because <laughs> i don't really know um so we've only just got back from europe and we are in the process of converting a um, crafter, a VW crafter, medium wheelbase. Uh, Dan's doing all the work himself. So I kind of like don't know what the first trip will be. Um, we're kind of waiting to see what will happen, how long that will take to 
be ready and then I feel like I want to put it to the test (laughs) Um, I would love to go to Scotland with it but Dan is worried that um, if something goes wrong (laughs) we're going to be too remote um, you know and getting a tow truck truck out in um, the Outer Hebrides Mm. um, isn't so easy is it so I don't know I'd love to go back to Ireland um, Ireland was where we made the decision to get the bigger van so I'd love to go back to Ireland to give it a test run but really I don't know yet (laughs) there's so many places in the UK that we'd still love to um to travel to and to see um, and so many places in Europe so we haven't made any set choices yet we're just gonna roll with it and (laughs) and see can I can I just add that as I was looking back through the reams of messages in our DMs dating back to 2020 um I kept seeing me suggesting we should be doing a convoy together in the future so I know that that's something that we've both talked about before so Hopefully we can make that happen because we could have so much fun. Oh yeah, it'd be brilliant. So, are you ready for my girls though? Yes, we are, we are <laughs> ready. Life with kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and two dogs. Oh well, depends the tricks. Yeah, tricks oh around. yeah, exactly. But I honestly, I think that that would be so much fun. Yeah. So I would love to add that to the yes, future let's plans make it list. A a convoy together. We are open to anything at this stage. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> so yeah. that would be lovely. Oh, I really look forward to it. And with that, Amy, thank you so much for your time, for coming all the way here, for sharing your story. Code word. Oh my God. I was doing... I was doing the outro. I nearly forgot. I nearly forgot that. Okay. Before I say the the final thank you, you know what's coming. I don't. I'm not prepared. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I put the fear in you. At the end of each of our podcast episodes, we like to give our listeners a little treat, a little thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us here in JITS. With that, we are going to give you a code word decided by Amy, which you are then going to message both us and Amy as well on Instagram uh, to let us know that you've listened to this episode to prove to us that you are that this dedicated to the conversation and, um, and, and share with us any insights that you've gleaned from this. So Amy, over to you. What is the code word slash emoji of this week? Can I have two? No. Um, oh, can we have the peace? peace? Because I always use it because I just feel like good vibes and just free, you know, just freedom and yeah. So the, so the peace out, two fingers up. Yes. Okay. That's why I said peace before, uh, Emily, because she was holding it up. I was holding it up. Yeah, that's what I always think. Like my van and just peace, like good vibes, freedom, just just life. Good vibes. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so that is it. This week's code word will be peace. Peace, yeah. Peace, all the emoji, all the emoji peace out vibes. Yeah. With, no. the, with the hands. I yeah. think we're describing it. Yeah. I think everyone knows. I think so. The two I... fingers up, but not that way around, you yeah. know. The, yeah. That would, no. <laughs> we've had life with kids. We've yeah. got to keep it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, Thank you again so much. It's been absolutely brilliant. And 
just spending time with you. I'm I'm excited now. We've gone for a walk earlier. We've had food. We're going to spend the rest of the day together. And yeah, I'm only sad that Dan's not here. I know. We're going to have to <laughs> get him. Somebody's got to work there. Shout they? out to Dan. <laughs> yeah, shout out Dan. We're, we're sorry you're not here this time, but maybe next, next time. time. Yeah, exactly. We are just so lucky to call you a friend and just congratulations on everything that you've built and the fact that you have been able to now turn this into a business essentially um you growing your community and yeah we're we're really happy and we're really proud of you and yeah we're really proud to call you a friend no thank you and honestly your support means so much you're such an inspiration to us and uh, yeah thank you so much Triggy's coming out to say goodbye as well. <laughs> He's waving his tail. Oh.